Yes, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And as you all know, both those of you here and online, we're celebrating today for Trevor's 10th um, year in the ministry, five of which we've had the joy of him being here today. Um, all right. Well, we have been working to make Trevor a gift kind of to represent neighbors. And so we'll have him come up. <laughs> and the board just really wants to thank you for all of your service and dedication and the unlimited amount of time that you have spent planning and you are always such a joyous and wonderful presence for all of our members and we love you very much wow it's deep in here <laughs> so this is a gift of love from your church well thank you very much do i open it you now do. Or? Oh, wow. Oh, look at that. Wow. Isn't that nice? So there's all Mr. Rogers. Wow. It was my mom. So these are all Polaroids of Mr. Rogers, and then these are all hearts, and there's lots of different stitches used to quilt it. My mom's the quilter. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But, and you can come up and look at this throughout the day, but um, all of these primary colored fabrics, they all came with the Mr. Rogers fabric, and they all look like cable knit sweaters. So if you remember, Mr. Rogers would come and put on his cardigan. And, um, but then they all have little words under the picture, so it's reflective and positive and inclusive and kind and all of the good things about neighbors. Wow. My mom's Nancy Hall, so she came this morning. She's right over here. Thank you very much. <laughs> that is beautiful. So, and then around the border, you've got crayons. So if you have not heard or read any of the research about crayons, if you're ever stuck on a problem and you don't know how to solve it, one of the tips that they have is to open a box of Crayola crayons, new or used, and give it a nice big sniff and that turns that creativity back on from when you were a child. Ah, I see, I've been sniffing markers, and that's <laughs> not the same thing at all. No. And then you all know Trevor loves sweets, so the back is all rainbow sprinkles. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah, you very thank much. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Good morning. Um, reading today is Matthew 10, 24 through 31. A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house um, Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of this household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Thank you very much. Hi, everyone. Today's weird. Um, <laughs> first off, thank, thank you for the acknowledgement and everything. It, it's funny um, that we're celebrating the fact that I just haven't been fired yet. So it's really, you know, 
really grateful for that. There's been some close calls in those 10 years, but uh, I'm really glad for that. Um, I, I do want to talk about th this, this passage because uh, sometimes it's, uh, it's confusing and sometimes it's, you know, just um, uh, Jesus is telling his disciples, he, he's telling them that uh, last week we kind of covered that he's talking about how life is going to be a little bit uh, hard for them, that following Christ is not always an easy thing. Uh, and then he says these things like, uh, don't worry about what the people tell you, but fear uh, the people, the, 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 the things that uh, uh, control the spiritual world is what he's saying. So many times Jesus is trying to tell us that our war is not with one another. Our, our war is the, 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 the presence of the spiritual forces that actually want us to lust after war and hatred and unkindness and bigotry and all of that kind of stuff. We have people that are on the good side and on the bad side in our world, and the good side feels like they are righteous because the bad people are always doing evil things and all this stuff. But sometimes the people on the good side, they get so caught up in it that they start to almost emulate the person on the bad side, and they start to do bad things in the name of righteousness. And what Jesus is saying is that that's not, that's not the calling that we're here for. The calling that we're here for truly is hard to understand. It truly is difficult for us to grasp. That's why, in, in my opinion, uh, Christ hasn't come back yet because he's still waiting for us to really kind of understand what he said 2,000 years ago. The thing that he's telling us about is my war is not with you. My war is not with a person. My war is with the thing that makes us want to go to war together. That's the thing that we are fighting in this world and, and that's why ministry to me and church is, is so important. Um, Jesus uh, said, you know, what, uh, what is covered now will be uncovered. Uh, when I remember when I first read that passage, how frightening that sounded to me. Because uh, there's, uh, there's only 10 commandments, but I think I've broken about 15 of them. So... <laughs> There, there, you know, you, you have this thing of where, you know, oh, Jesus is coming back and he's really going to be mad and we're going to be in trouble and all of this kind of stuff. But what Jesus was doing in this situation with his disciples is he was giving them a pep talk. He was telling them that there's a lot of people that are going to tell you that what you're doing is wrong. But what I'm telling you, what you're doing, this fight for, for love and kindness and inclusion and all of this stuff, you, it's the right thing to do. And so don't worry because I have faith in you, I believe in you, and so I know that when the time comes and you're facing that, the things that are going to be uncovered, the true actions of your heart, I, I know that it's pure, and I know that it's going to be okay. You know, sometimes we, we walk around in this world and we think, you know, uh, I, I'm a Christian, so I have to act this way and all this kind of stuff, and then we, we start out the day, and if you're like me, you know, you'll... you'll uh, kind of say a prayer in the morning, and you'll think, okay, this time I'm going to be that disciple, I'm going to be that good guy, and all that kind of stuff. And within like five minutes, you're thinking hurtful things and hateful things, you know, like, the, you know, when you have to go like to the DMV, you know, it's really hard to be a Christian in the DMV, you know, it's, you just want to, you know, uh, part the seas and stuff like that. But it's, it's hard for us to identify what truly being a Christian is, and this is what Jesus is talking about when he's talking to his disciples, is that uh, what is truly authentic Christianity? Today, we have such a confusion on that. 
I, 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 every once in a while, I try to steer clear of a lot of social media. You know, uh, for the church and things like that, we will, we will post things, and uh, then I will kind of back away from it. But every once in a while, I'll, I'll do a scroll and just see what's happening. And so much of what's happening are, are people uh, hating Christians. Uh, and not for the reason that, you know, we think, that, oh, they're just evil and we're good and all this kind of stuff. They're hating us because we're the ones that are being evil. We're the ones that are being mean. We're the ones that are really trying to um, justify uh, hatred to other people um, in the name of Christ. And that's not what was happening 2,000 years ago. That's not what Jesus was telling his disciples 2,000 years ago. What he was telling his disciples is, uh, you be you, because that is what I've called. Ten years ago, I was um, sitting in, in, in my office of a job that I had. I used to make um, videos. I used to make uh, videos for hospitals. Uh, Brian uh, Health Hospital here in town, I used to make educational videos, training videos, things like that. Um, I was complimented because I could make them where they weren't always boring. And they said, as long as people can stay awake during those, you've got a job. Uh, much like my sermons. <laughs> Wake up. Um, and I remember I had gone through a whole bunch of stuff and I was actually writing my memoir of, of the, the things. It was all, it, it, people call it a memoir. I, I call it a confession. This is the person that I was. Uh, if, you, if you want a copy of it, they're free. They're, they're over there. But uh, the, the, it was called Move Over Judas because I really felt like I had betrayed God more than Judas ever had. You know, Judas was this person that was just confused and he was set down the wrong path. And I was a person that, you know, repeatedly through my life had made choices to, to not follow Christ. Uh, and I had struggled with this. And then I had this, it's hard to describe, it's just this calling uh, that I have to be, I, I need to go on this, this route. And uh, I remember calling a, a good friend of mine who was a pastor, and I said, you know, I really feel like I need to be a pastor. And his first response was, Really? Um, which was, that was, thanks. Um, and I even remember talking to Brian over there about it too. Brian was a, has been a pastor, uh, I mean, I'm celebrating 10 years, uh, he's been a pastor for, uh, seriously, 75 years, that man right over there, uh, 75 years, so congratulations. Um, I wanted to be like him, I grew my hair like his. But he helped me to discern, and I remember that one of the things that, that Brian did was encourage, because when you're called, you're just called. Um, and I didn't know anything about what to do in this Christian life and all of this kind of stuff. I had, I had started to, you know, uh, uh, be more active in, in, in my faith before this had happened. Uh, I started to do more things, and, and I found that my life was changing. And one of the things that I tried to compare what Christ was like, I, I stopped, you know, uh, focusing so much on the religious part of it and started just focusing on what Christ was. And I found that 
Jesus was teaching things that the other things that I was seeing in the world didn't match. Um, And Jesus actually brought me into a state of more acceptance, more kindness, um, seeing truly everybody as, as my neighbor. And during this time, you know, it's, it's interesting that you, you sang that song. And um, when I got the call, nightly, before I went to bed, I would watch an episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood because I had read this book called The Simple Faith of Mr. Rogers. And we have copies on the bookshelf there, too. Uh, Amy Hollingsworth uh, wrote it. She had known Fred, uh, and it was the first book that was ever written about Fred's faith. And I started to realize that what I was seeing in the, uh, uh, some of the, the, the televangelists and some of the news and all that stuff, I wasn't seeing Jesus in that stuff, but I was seeing Jesus when I watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I was seeing somebody, in my opinion, be truly Christ-like. And what I was seeing was somebody that was just telling people that they're loved. Every day that I watched this show, I heard a voice say, you know, you're special just as you are. And to me, that's what Jesus was all about. That's what the, the whole movement of Christ was about. It was never about us versus anybody. It was never about the soldier in arms going to war for his faith. It was about just telling people that you're loved. And I thought, why? I'd seen people do this, you know. I've seen Brian do this every day of his life. And I thought, "Why why aren't we seeing this in our churches? Why, why aren't we truly seeing this where the whole focus of what we come here for is to experience love? I, I'd been to uh, other churches and I'd seen other things where they talked politics or they talked uh, socialness or they talked, you know, uh, this or that, but it always ended up, it always had a, a slant to whether it was uh, you had to fit into this box and be this person to be part of this church, or it was you had to hate them to be part of us. I never saw Fred Rogers do that. And when I read the scriptures, the true gospels, I never saw Jesus do that either. I saw Jesus get mad. I saw Jesus call people idiots. You know, I've seen him, uh, you know, go to, you know, fit, not, uh, to argue, to debate. I, I've seen sarcasm, which really is great. Uh, I love sarcasm. <laughs> uh, but um, <laughs> yes, yes, I really do. <laughs> um, that was good. That was really good. Don't do it again. Um, <laughs> no, I, 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 I've seen um, this acceptance and this kindness. And so when Jesus talks about in, in this passage of what uh, he says in the dark, say in the light, are we doing that? In other words, what Jesus says just in passing, are we really saying that to our neighbor? Are we really doing that? The first time that I, 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 um, 
I, I pastored in, in, in various places, and then I, I went to uh, Ord, Nebraska. That's where I really kind of got my own church and everything like that. And one of the sermons that I preached was Fred Rogers. I took the neighborhood with me uh, wherever I went. And then I got this call from the district superintendent uh, that said, uh, we have an opportunity for you. We, we want you to, um, to start something new. And I thought, uh, I remember Alice and I sitting in Ord and thinking, what would we call a church? And I said, neighbors. Because that's what it's all about. That's what propelled me into ministry was neighbors. If we truly saw everybody as a neighbor, gosh, wouldn't this world be a, a better place? Wouldn't it be something And so that's how this started. We came into uh, Fallbrook here, never heard of it. Uh, I'd lived in Lincoln um, most of my life, but I never knew that this part of town even existed. We gathered a couple of people together and, that had lived in this neighborhood and some people from uh, a church nearby. And I talked about how much I wanted our church to resemble that of truly the love of Jesus Christ. And I used Fred Rogers as an example. And, and some of those folks are, are, are still with us, and since then, we have gained other people. But no matter what Sunday, when I look out here, I see neighbors. I see different people. And you know what? There's sometimes we just don't get it right. There's sometimes we make mistakes. The first thing that I will tell you, and I've, I've told this to people when I first meet them, is I'm not always going to have an answer, and I'm not always going to know what I'm doing. As a matter of fact, Allison would say, I really don't know what I'm doing on any, any time. But we, there was a time that we were making these little uh, videos when the church was just getting started. We went to Pioneers Park, Allison and I, and we set up a camera, and I would give these little uh, vignettes, these little talks. And out of nowhere, when I did the first one, I closed it with, remember, love God, love yourself, love your neighbor. And to me, that was a holy moment. It was another time when God said, this is what you're doing here. Tell them. I think since Christ was on the cross, he sent us a message. Tell them. I'm not about the, the evilness. I'm not about the, the power play. I'm not about uh, repression. I'm not about uh, taking away people's rights. I'm not about any of that. Just tell them that I'm here to say I love you. Please. Tell them. And so, oftentimes when we walk this earth, I feel like we leave our own shadow. Like we might say, I am a Christian, I am here of love, but our shadow might be saying something else. We've all done it, you know? Let's, let's take one of the commandments, thou shalt not steal. Show of hands, anybody that has ever stolen anything in their life? Gail, you're a liar. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. You've stolen my heart. Yeah, see? I'm looking pretty good right now, aren't I? Yeah. Those old ladies, you can tell them anything. Uh, <laughs> We have, this, this is another thing I love about this church, is that for five years we have been uh, truly passionate about the love that we, we, we give, but we've never taken ourselves too seriously, and I don't think we ever should. But the shadow that we leave behind is what I want to talk about right now, and I want to challenge us. When Jesus said, you know, what is covered will be uncovered, what is the shadow that we leave behind? When we have our, our front face and, and talk about this love, is the shadow really doing the same thing? For example, like when loving God. We, we talk about that all the time, loving God. We come to church because we believe in God. We're, we're, we're exploring that. Uh, we're in various parts of our faith. I know that some people are, are new to the faith. Some people have been around for a long time, whatever it is. But are we, is our, would, would our shadow, would our echo actually be the, the message that, of loving God? Do we go home? Do we, do we bring God with us wherever we go? Or do we just experience God uh, in church for, you know, a half hour and, and, then, and then move on? Do we, do we practice things of faith? Do we practice, uh, you know, the fact that you are here is a, is a really, really good sign. But do you communicate with God? Do you use the, the, the love of God to fill the rest of your life? Do you talk to God? Do you bring God with you wherever you go? And loving yourself. So many churches that I, that I would uh, see and things would talk about how, uh, you know, you're a piece of junk, but God loves you. Without Christ, you know, you're, you're dirt. You know, Paul even said that. He didn't say dirt. He actually swore, which is one of my favorite passages. <laughs> he says, without Christ, I, my life wouldn't be worth basically um, crap. That's how it translates, right, Brian? Yeah. I've heard him say it a lot. Usually when he's describing my sermons. <laughs> but I don't, I, I argue with that a little bit because I believe that when, you, you always see these at football games, uh, John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. There's the message right there, God loved the world, which means he loved you. And so anytime that you're not truly loving yourself, you're arguing with God. God is that Mr. Rogers saying, you are special. You matter. You are loved. Every single one of you is loved. I didn't just do this for a song and dance and magical powers and all this kind of stuff just to show up and, and then just go away. I did this because I love you. And so if our faith is in God who loves us, can we believe a little bit of that? That there's something about us that's lovable? Because that's the tool that God gives us to give, to find things that are about you that you love and then share it. This loving your neighbor part. It's hard to do this part without loving yourself. 
I've seen a lot of people and I've been a lot of the, a person that has truly despised myself and that gave me a negative outlook on the rest of the world. It made me defensive against the kindest people. But when we love ourselves, we find that we can love other things about other people. As Christians, we, we love to say this part, but do we do it? And it can be big things. It can be, you know, sometimes we, we say love your neighbor, and, but we say, uh, but not them. Those are our enemy. Those are the people that we don't like. Those are the people that it's okay to villainize. Those are the people that it's okay to, to kick out. Or love your neighbor if they act like this or match you in some way. And some of us, we do it in, in, in grandiose things where you see people making speeches of, of hatred, and, and sometimes we do it where um, you might walk by and I make fun of you behind your back. I say something against you behind your back. The shadows. Are our shadows truly showing the love your neighbor? That's what Jesus was talking about with his disciples, is are you truly doing it? Because if that's who you are, it's going to be okay. You know, there's, there's one thing about this passage that I, I want to talk about, because if we are truly talking about loving ourselves, loving God, loving our neighbor, if we're truly talking about that, where's this line fit in? nor a slave above the master. We, we read that, and sometimes in churches we like to just read that part real quick whenever it mentions slavery. For years, for years, slavery was defended as something biblical. Does our love of God, our love of ourselves, and our love of our neighbor can it evolve enough to where we even look at lines like this and say, this was the time, but it ain't the time now? I believe that Christ doesn't, has, ha, doesn't want us to just stop here and do this and then just stay there. I'm a Christian that does believe in evolution, and I, that evolution, I believe, is an evolution also of faith. And that means we grow in our faith. And we become more than we were yesterday. And part of that is even looking at lines that are in the Bible and saying, that's not okay anymore. If Jesus lives and breathes, which I believe he does, then he wants us to evolve even further than 2,000 years ago and say, that is not okay. The people that have been slaves matter. The people that have been repressed matter. We're, we're not supposed to hate people. And we're not supposed to treat people lower than. Are we doing that in our shadows? Is that truly in our heart? Now, I, one thing I do want to make clear is that every single one of us has done things where we have screwed up. Every single one of us. I, since I became a Christian, since I became a pastor, I have not been perfect. 
I've had ugly sides. I remember an interview with Fred Rogers' wife, and she described him. They said, you know, some people call your, your husband a saint. And she said, don't do that. In my eyes, he will always be a work in progress. And that was the kindest thing that she was said. Every one of us is a work in progress. That's why Jesus said the commandment that he gave most. Who, do you, who, who, who knows what the, the commandment that Jesus gave more than any other commandment in the Gospels? Don't be afraid. He said, look at the sparrows. I take care of them, and I know when each one of them ever falls, wouldn't I do that for you? This is the part I love. I've counted every hair on your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was so quick. Um, we are a work in progress. We're not going to get it right. Some of us, we're going to leave here today, and we're still going <laughs> to screw up. Some of us are going to screw up right in here. We are a work in progress. That's why we're here. And what Jesus wants us to know is that throughout all the actions that we have, throughout all the mistakes, throughout all the trips and falls, Jesus knows our heart. And he loves us. To quote Fred Rogers, you have made this day a very special day just by being you. To quote Jesus, love each other so that they know you're my disciples. The message of neighbors is the message of Christ. I am a firm believer of that, and that's why I'm here. I've never been more grateful to be anywhere than I am here. And the reason of that is because of all of you. If you know anybody that needs this message of love, I ask you, I beg you, share it. Tell them that we're here. Let them know. I want us to be here for our children's children. The message of love is one that is important, and it's one that is real. May we share it today. Love God. Love yourself and love your neighbor. Amen.